Hey, good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. As always, I'm David Drum. And today I am joined by the one and only Pastor Corey Demmel. If you call Cape Christian home, then you uh, you are fully aware of uh, Corey's, let's, we'll, we'll call it excitement and passion uh, for life in general. So Corey, thank you for being here and uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Yeah, it's always my pleasure to be on here. I love drive time. I love what we're doing with the men and uh, any anything I can do to maybe inspire somebody or add value. I'm all about it. And I'm going to probably tone it down a little bit since it is a Monday morning. Fair enough. Fair enough. So now um, you and I obviously discussed this beforehand, but for guys watching, we've done this a couple of times. We've done this with uh, Pastor Joseph, uh, Pastor Dennis, uh, and we'll probably work in with the other pastors as well. But basically today, we're just going to go through a series of questions with you, uh, because what I'm enjoying is getting the different perspectives uh, from each of you. And as the leaders of our church and, you know, the kind of the, the leaders of our house, so to speak, it's uh, it's really interesting to get your guys's you know, points of view and perspectives and, and the why behind your answers is a lot of fun as well. So uh, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first question. And I think I know where you're going to go with this. Um, what is your favorite movie of all time and why? So I hate that question because I can't answer it in the absoluteness of one favorite, because probably like other people would say, there's got to be categories. Are we talking about the most watchable movie? The, the one I loved the most, the first time I saw it, the most rewatchable movie, uh, childhood movie, comedy suspense. So um, you know, it's funny because Dave, every time I'm asked that question, the first movie that jumps into my mind is top gun. Now I'm not saying it's top gun, but there's a reason it jumps into my mind. I think it's cause I just, I loved, I wanted to be a fighter pilot when I was young after I was going to be Maverick or goose or whatever. Well, I didn't want to be goose. Uh, I was going to be Iceman. Um, so, uh, but I, when I boil it down, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of things I could spend the entire time on this. I'm not going to, um, I think about comedies. I think about rewatchability. I go to like, um, happy Gilmore, Tommy boy, dumb and dumber. Those are probably the top three. Uh, and then my answer makes people mad because it's not one movie, it's a series. And you probably know what I'm going to say, Star Wars. Uh, the first movie I ever went to was Return of the Jedi. I was three years old in theater, um, went to a babysitter and when it came out on VHS and we would watch it all the time. And I just loved Star Wars. And then they made more when I was in college and then they made more now that I'm a dad and I just, uh, I love Star Wars. So I know that's not like a movie, but I'll just say Star Wars. And then I will say right there with it is the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I love a good story um, with a lot of different aspects to it. So um, I could talk a lot about this, but we have better things to get to. So I'll leave it at my favorite movie is Star Wars and it's going to make everybody mad. Cause like, that's not a movie. Thank you. I know fill in the comments below. Let me, let me hear it. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So next question is what are your disciplines right now, whether they're physical or personal, spiritual, emotional, whatever they are. So when you say that, I think of three or four, maybe even five different things. So one discipline, this one's probably a little different than what most people would say is when I was, I was just telling actually Joseph this, uh, no, I was telling Scott Rankin, pastor Desi's husband. Uh, when I turned 30, I made the decision that, well, I made a goal that I never want to have a lifestyle change. Uh, I want to stay healthy. Uh, and I don't want to ever have to like throw it all out the window. I have a, my dad is very disciplined in good health, works out, eats healthy. So I've always had a good example. And so when I was 30, I made the decision that every year I was going to make a decision, usually either on my birthday or new year's to get one to 5% better in the health arena, whether that was 
just cut something out, lessen something, increase something. And so I've been doing that for about 12 years now where whether it's cut soda in half, uh, I pretty much cut about 90% of soda out one year. I got rid of all fried foods with the caveat of once in a while, I'll do like a Chick-fil-A sandwich or some French fries once in a while. Uh, and I mean like 10 times a year. Um, uh, what is it? One year, oh, one year I started running more, um, one year, uh, Oh, I cut carbs, a significant amount of carbs out. I don't really eat bread much at all. Even if I have like a sandwich, I'll take half the bun off. So these are all little things I've done. And so I want to just get used to in the health re um, regard, my body always kind of not always getting what it wants and just being used to change, not shocking it, but I don't ever want to have to shock it. So, um, so last year that was, I need to do something different physically. So that was why I joined CrossFit as a part of that, um, over a year into that. So that's one discipline that I think guys in their 20 and 30s would do well to go. Let's just get used to changing somewhat intermittently or incrementally. So I don't have to ever have a massive change. I hear these guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s who have to like throw it all at the wind, and it is so hard. So that's one of my goals. That's one of my disciplines. So with that said, um, Bible reading and prayer, I call it time with Jesus every day. Most mornings, um, I try to get a good 30 to 60 minutes of quality time in four to six times a week. Sometimes it's two, ideally it's five or six. Um, if it's more like two, cause I don't maybe get the sit down and read the Bible. Then what I do is I steal time throughout the day. I'll, I'll do a devotional at this point. I'll spend maybe a drive just praying for some of my friends on this drive, uh, in between meetings or I'm walking, I'll, uh, um, I have a few scriptures. I'm always kind of just rememorizing or just meditating on. And so, um, so grateful to have come from a church. I was there for 16 years in Omaha where our first hour every morning. And this is one of the few things a pastor ever asked of us was I want you in the sanctuary for an hour and you can kind of do what you want, but I want you to learn how to spend time with Jesus. And, and for me, that was what really changed my life. All the ministry stuff, all the other stuff was good, but it was finding a personal deep relationship where I would speak to God. He would speak to me again. Sometimes it was epic. Sometimes I barely stayed awake. Sometimes I journaled. Sometimes I prayed. Sometimes I read a devotional. Sometimes I read a book of the Bible. Sometimes I study a book of the Bible um, and, and allowing myself the, the freedom to kind of go, you know, kind of like the song says spirit lead me, you know? And um, so that's one for me that I always just want to keep, you know, like David said, I will, uh, I would, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. You know, I'm going to meditate on his word day and night, uh, you know, those types of things. And so that's a, a big one. Um, eating healthy is a big one. You know, we, we, um, we eat pretty healthy. We cook most of our meals at home. Uh, we get a lot of fresh semi or organic organic stuff. That's a discipline for us, for me, for Rebecca, for our kids. Um, you know, the obesity rate in America is, is embarrassing. Um, what we give our children is, is a sin almost in my opinion. And the FDA is like, yeah, here. So we're really disciplined on that annoyingly sometimes to some people, I think, um, but you only get one of these, you know what I mean? Like, I really believe that our body is a temple of the Holy spirit. And I had a mentor Dave who once uh, got really convicted about his health in his like late thirties. I think it was when I was younger. And he just said one time he was praying and, and God really convicted him and said, your, your body has to carry the anointing I want to give you. And so your limits physically can limit your ability to carry an anointing. I'm like, man, what a, what a motivating idea. So um, that's a discipline um, until Blake was born a few months ago. I was, to go back to the health thing, I was doing CrossFit every morning. I'd go to the 7 a.m. class. I'd get up at 6, 630. Um, and I'd either pray, then CrossFit or CrossFit, then pray. Um, sometimes I would prayer walk or whatever. So try to do that now that I'm running Madison around. 
it's afternoon, some days, morning, some days, um, you know, we, when you throw a baby in, it changes things. When you throw a baby in, in your forties, it's even a little different. Uh, and so, um, that's a discipline. And then another one is, um, a couple of the ones maybe that are outside of the box. I, I try to be really disciplined when I do one-on-one with people. I, I try to be, I, I really work hard at listening, um, listening with the intent to understand, be fully engaged, phone down, phone off, no distraction. Um, it's a small discipline, but I want to, I want people to feel valued when I'm with them. I, 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 you, I've heard it said a lot and I believe it's true. It's true for me. I don't as often remember what people say, but I remember how they made me feel. And when somebody meets with me, I want them to feel like they've met with somebody who cares. Actually, I want them to feel like they've been in, met with Jesus, like in the presence of God, somebody who loves, who cares. And so as fast as my brain goes, and as much as it is going on, I try really hard to sit down. I put my phone down. There may be one call I might get like from usually either my wife or pastor Bobby. And I'm like, Hey, just so you know, this might ring. If it's them, I'm going to take it. Otherwise my time is completely yours. I want to be, try to be fully present. So that's a discipline that I think I have. And then another one is, um, we try to do at least four meals a week at home. Uh, that may sound like a small thing, but pretty large church, busy schedule, kids all over. Um, but we, we've made it a point to say no to a lot of things so that we can cook a meal, sit down, no phone, no TV, and just engage. How was your day? What's going on? And, um, I think that's important for my marriage and I want our kids growing up going, even, especially in this time, like, I think there weren't even very many Gen X or millennials that are like, man, we sat down a lot and had a meal. I I really want that to be kind of my, my kids' story. So those are a few disciplines, um, that are, are important to me, um, that and then shopping carts of course shopping carts if it's out there it's my problem fair enough all right so uh next question is how do you reconcile um humility and confidence with pride and arrogance that is that is a really great question um one that i've thought a lot about and uh, again, I, that's loaded. We could probably spend three drive times just on that question. So, but I'll, I'll try to make, make it really simple. Um, I think when I was young, I wanted to appear confident or was told I should be confident. But w- when I look back now, my confidence both was, um, fake cause I was more scared than I would care to admit. And it was misplaced cause the confidence was in my ability to do something, um, or, uh, my ability to like hype myself up to do something, you know, like, you know, whether it was football or preaching or, you know, whatever it was, you know, golf. Um, and so, uh, one of the things that really has helped me, and this is, this is a, a, again, the simple version of the answer is the gospels like really, really helped me with that. And, and so first of all, I look at Jesus. I really believe there isn't anything God can't do at any given moment. So first of all, it's where my confidence in play is placed. My confidence is actually not placed in me, in my ability it's actually placed in what I know God is capable of. And when you read the Bible and if you believe it's true, whether it's him speaking the world into existence or, or, or using um, the people he used throughout the Bible, who most of them were very unqualified and they did miraculous things. But again, I say this all the time for me, it's the disciples. Those guys were boneheads, like knuckleheads, numbskulls, boneheads, and they changed the world. And I'm like, well, if God can use them, he could use me. And so my confidence is in him. My humility is in the fact that I say this often and people don't like to hear it, but it's true. God doesn't need me. He does not need me. If you're watching this, he doesn't need you. He actually wants you. He wants me and he chooses to use me. So that's very humbling. Uh, and so where I come across as confident is I think my confidence is how much God can do in and through somebody 
And my confidence is how much God loves somebody. The humility is he just chooses to use me. So that's where I think for me, humility is like, Oh, woe is me. I'm nothing. It's being really quick to give credit where credit is due. People compliment the church all the time. Well, my first reaction is I have an amazing team around me because that's the right answer. You know, wow, you know, you're a good preacher. God's really good. you like, okay, but let's focus on where that came. Like God gave me this gift. He gave me this ability. Like I just have a responsibility to use it. I think so for me, the humility is I'm nothing. I'm no one, but the confidence comes in that God still can and chooses to use me. And I really think that the way that that kind of the secret sauce to that is you have to be really secure in God. I have to be secure in God's love. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just kind of one of the fortunate ones, Dave, that I really think I've gotten a revelation of how much God really loves me and how much God really likes me. And when that becomes real, not information, not fake, I don't have anything to prove to most people. So now I really can just serve and give. And he's, he's kind of my, my, my source, if that makes sense. So for me, it's that my confidence is what God can do. My humility is in that. Um, and my, oh, and, and my confidence is that he can even use me and, I'm not, I don't, I'm not somebody so special that I'm so much worse than Elijah, Elisha, David, Solomon, John, James, you know, pick one. Uh, but then my, my humility is in like, Oh, it's not me. It's just that he chose to make my, like his spirit dwell in me. So, um, again, my uncle was a pastor and he, there's one line he always says, I don't say it as much, but it was, he always would say, if it was good, it was God. If it was bad, it was me. And I think that's the simplest way of like, whether it's, discipleship, whether it's counseling or just preaching or whatever. It's like, if there was something that came of this, that's because of the spirit of God in me. If it got messed up, it's because of the human side of me. And I'll own that. And again, it's easy for me to do because when I come to the, when I come back to Jesus, he's not like, Oh my gosh, you messed up and you're such a mess. And I feel like I have to run and hide. I'm like, that's not a surprise to you. You know, I'm a mess yet. You still choose to use me. And that's where that confidence is, is that I don't have to be perfect for him to use me. So for me, that's kind of how that, um, how I kind of navigate that tension in a two or three minute answer. Gotcha. All right. Um, and that's good. Um, but I want to move on to the next one. And again, this is one of those ones where I feel like a lot of these questions, I feel like we could turn into an entire drive time, at least one episode. Um, but, uh, for you right now, the season you're in, what is something you're trying to get better at? Just one thing. A couple of things. Okay. Uh, per, how about we'll go professionally, personally, and then so professionally, I would say two things real briefly. Um, I want to take my leadership, my organizational leadership to another level. I want um, our church is growing again after COVID we're regrowing again. Um, and uh, I read all the time. I hear all the time that what works to get you here isn't what works to take you to the next place. And so I I'm um getting around other leaders and trying to surround myself with, with mentors, people and organiz- uh, organizational leadership content that helps me to kind of rethink and reshape um, for us to kind of expand our capacity here. So there's that, there's a lot into that. Well, one of those is communication, both interpersonally, interorganizationally, and then publicly. So I'm, I'm kind of fine. I'm kind of um, being really picky about my communication right now. And I'm giving some people some, some access to speak some really hard things to me, like just cut me down. Uh, cause again, I'm good. I'm not going to go home and cry and, and tuck in the corner. Um, I want to be, I want, I want to be an elite leader and I want to be an elite communicator, but not so anybody can ever remember me as an elite leader or an elite communicator. I want to be an elite leader because I think an elite leader is somebody who's really good about inspiring and bringing the best out of people 
and taking care of people. So I want to do that because I think that honors Jesus. Both of these are about Jesus. I want to be an elite communicator, mostly because I preach every weekend and I believe it's the greatest story ever told. And I want to help it make sense to the most amount of people, whether you've been following Jesus since you were three, like I have, or whether you were introduced to Jesus three minutes ago when you walked onto our campus for the first time. And so for me, it's not so like, wow, he's awesome. It's like my favorite thing. And somebody just told me this this last weekend. And, and I said, you just told me the favorite thing you could ever tell me. She said, I've been around church. I've been around religion. She goes, this is the first place I've been where you've made God and the Bible make sense. And that's why I want to be an elite communicator because I believe Jesus is awesome, but sometimes we paint a terrible picture of the greatest story ever told. So um, those two things um, on the personal level, um, I, I am trying to, I'm trying to be as healthy as I've ever been. I'm about to be 42. Um, I'm in as good a shape as I've been in, in 12 years. And so that's one. And then uh, this is the first time in my life I've actually carved out some tangible golf goals. And so um, between breaking 70, hitting a hole in one, those are two goals I had this year. Neither one have I done yet. Uh, but I'm just, those are some things. Those are some fun things that get me outside of home or outside of work to give me something to work on as well. So those are some of the things I'm intentionally working on and getting better at right now. All right. So um, like I said, we've, we've done these questions with uh, some of the other pastors and oddly enough, uh, we've not made it to the fifth question uh, with anybody else. So we're, we're entering some, some uncharted territory. I told you we'd get to all five. You did say it. Um, and I can tell you're chopping yourself down intentionally. So I have a clock right here and I'm like, we're getting to all five. <laughs> um, and the, the funny thing is, I already know what your answer is to this question. Uh, and I knew what it was before I even gave you the question before. Um, but I think the why behind it is probably the most important part of the response. Uh, so if you could go back and change the process or the outcome of the most challenging times of your life, would you, why or why not? With zero thought at all? Absolutely not. There's not a chance in the world. If you were to ask me when I was in it, I would have given my left arm to get out of it. I would have sold my soul to anybody, but the devil, I would have you, I mean, when I was in it and for me, that time was the 22 to 25 time. Uh, and we've been through some hard things, but I mean, it was when I think of that time, it, I was a complete rewiring and rebuilding of myself, having been in a healthy family and having been in a church. I've talked about it before, but, um, I love that question because now that I'm on the backside of it, there's, I always say there's no substitute for some experience and a little bit of time behind you. Um, it absolutely made me who I am. Uh, God allowed me to go through that because it took me to a depth in a relationship with him an understanding and experience of him. I'd never had before, um, having experienced him a lot. Um, it made me face a lot of things in myself that I think some things I had avoided. And then a lot of them, I just wasn't aware of, um, and it absolutely like without a doubt made me who I am. It made me the, the man I am. It made me the type of dad I am. It made me the, the husband I am. It made me the leader I am. Had I not gone through that, I think I would have been the type of leader who needed more from the people I led than I was able to give. Does that make sense? Uh, it wouldn't have been what I can give you. It's like, I actually need you to like me, need you to need me. And, and there's a lot of those leaders out there and it's gross to me. And I think it's probably because of where I came from and I see myself in that. And so, um, I'm guessing anybody you've asked that question to has answered the same thing because once you get on the other side of it, you realize it's usually some of the most rewarding things or some of the, 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 the most incredible things we've learned about ourselves, our life, our discipline, our marriage or friendship 
or especially God have been through the hardest times, the, 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 the hottest fire, so to speak. And so, um, the 25 year old me would kill me for saying this. Um, but the 41 year old me says I would go through it again in a heartbeat because, um, it, it absolutely transformed every area of my life. And since 25, so what is that? Seven, almost 17 years now, things have never been the same since. So, um, there's a whole story to that, but the answer is no. And so anybody who I would say, let me pastor lead coach for just a second. If you find yourself in the middle of a really, really hard time and you're like, man, I would do anything to get out of this, change your prayer. Don't pray. I'll do anything. Pray, change it a little bit, change it. God help me to get everything out of this that I can, because I promise God is using it and will use it. Even if it's unimaginable, uh, Jesus never promised we wouldn't have hard times. He promises that he would never leave us and he would never stop working on us. And I think that if that's your focus, it helps some of the disappointment, the sadness, the challenge, um, take its place in a really hard day. And sometimes the best thing you can do is, um, just finish the day and make it to tomorrow. And, and sometimes that's the win and that's okay. You know, it's funny you, you phrase it like that because I've, I've had the conversation with people where, um, you know, I'll hear somebody make the, make the, the, what I call the Christianese statement that I think is horribly wrong and not biblically supported at all. Theologically like, oh, terrible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. And I, I look at it, I'm like, then why would you need him? Right. If, if you're never going to have right. anything more than you can handle, why would you, what would you need him for? That doesn't line up with anybody in the Bible, not Daniel, not Shadrach, Meshach, and Benedict, Peter walking on water. No, not, not even close. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but, but he does promise to be with you during that time and, and, and to be available to you during that time. And that verse that says he who has began a good work is faithful to complete it to the very end. Like, I love that promise that whatever I'm going through that it says he who has began to work in me is faithful to complete it. He's going to keep doing that work as long as I allow him to, no matter what my context is literally until he comes back or I get upgraded to heaven. And so that's, that to me is the focus and the promise we're holding on to, not how crappy your circumstances are. Right. All right. So we have officially made it through our five questions. Let's go. <laughs> so, all right. For, for fun's sake, because we got just a couple of minutes, okay. we're going to go back to question number one. Okay. Oh, he... okay. Right. And this is the context I'm going to give you. Favorite movie to watch in the movie theater. So you got to think cinematic for the first time. Y yeah. Okay. Like sound visuals, everything. Okay. So that is a super different context. It is. And so I'm going to answer this and this isn't my favorite rewatchable movie. It's not even my favorite in the series, but I would say star Wars episode nine because of what it meant. 41 years 41 years of star Wars with a t bow tied on it. They, they brought the beauty of star Wars into this generation of movie making. You have the sights, the sounds, you have the characters. So again, it wasn't even the greatest star Wars movie. Um, but for me again, when I'm like in the theater, because again, and to star Wars is me years old. I mean, actually it goes back a few years before me. Uh, the first star Wars came out three years before I was born. So I think the anticipation of this is it. Like we knew this was it. So I think that's the, the cinematic, um, the best cinematic experience. But again, it goes back to the story and how much I love star Wars. Uh, I will say when you said that the first thing that came into my mind for a similar reason was actually, um, end game, uh, Marvel as well. 
uh, because they tied again, 21 movies, 10 stories together. So I like, I like those kinds of things. Uh, I'm probably going to kick myself later for not thinking of something better, but, uh, again, so comedies are out in cinematic experience. Yeah. I think you're thinking visuals and sound and, and all those things. So, so what is the movie you've seen in the theater more times than any other movie? Tra- true story, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, I was in high school when that came out. Kevin Costner, love Robin Hood. I saw it four times in theater uh, because I just loved it. And again, it was in a day and age where we didn't have the technology we did. Uh, I think I might've seen, there's one other movie I maybe saw. I might've saw one of the Star Wars four times. Cause I'm like, went with some friends, went to my, went with Rebecca, went with Madison or whatever, but um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay, because I think that was like 97-ish. Do you, if you remember how epic the music was and what they did with the fire and like, that was a pretty epic movie for its time with the music, the drama. So I think that was part of it. So that, that one's in the conversation, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. If you're under like 35, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Greatest Robin Hood movie of all time. <laughs> Very nice. Well, that's, that's better than my answer. So oh, yeah, what's yours? I got I mean, what's, what's yours? Best. So, that, was, that was the thing. When, when I had Joseph on here, uh, he asked me the he same. Probably, so he probably said something like Avatar or something stupid like that. No, no. And actually off the top of my head, I don't remember what his answer was, yeah. uh, but he wanted to put it into categories. Sure. Um, and he smart. asked me he's like me. Yeah. He, he wanted to, he asked me the same question and I hesitated and he's like, ah, oh, see, even you need to put it in category. This no, no, I, I just don't want to admit what my all time favorite movie is. Is it Titanic? Saw it, saw it in the three, uh, the, the uh, theaters three times. What was it? Waterboy absolutely hysterical i don't know what about oh, that movie is that, better hey, that's than a it. great movie but you don't get like to me that's what like it's just as good on the tv as it is in the theater that's hilarious but again when it came out yeah. you didn't have the ability to stream it early yeah. or anything yeah, like that like, it made me laugh so i went and saw it again it made me yeah. laugh again so i went and saw it again i love so, it since then i've seen i don't even know how many times i've seen it or at least watch parts of it i i think the movie's hysterical it is funny. It is funny. There you go. Well, because you know me, I'm a college football guy. Right. So right. It, right. It, it, it brings in that part of it. And, well, that's and, okay. So you're talking about categories. I'm like, I'm like, we got sports, you got real life. You got, you know, so I'm like I, my two favorite sports movies of all time are the greatest game ever played or remember the Titans, of course, you know, yeah, that's so classic. Yep. So, all right. Well, Hey, uh, thank you for, for uh, taking the time to sit down with yeah. us and, and, and let us, uh, you know, kind of chew on, on your responses to these uh, questions. And um, so the last thing I'll throw at you is, is there one part of today that if, if you wish somebody would go back and watch your response to one of these questions, is there one part that you would say like, Hey, this is like, hit this one again. Yeah. To be honest, it's the fact that every year I decide to make a one to 5% um, increase in my health. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's reading, maybe it's something, but I just, I think a lot of us, we get set in our ways. And I, I would love for guys to really think about what's one thing I could do every year better than life. And I'm not talking new year's resolution. I mean, like a lifestyle, like a micro lifestyle change. So you never have to have a macro lifestyle change. I just think that again, you continue to turn one to three degrees every year long enough. You just continue to gravitate towards health and it could be spiritually. It could be physically. It could be emotionally. Um, I don't know why that one resonates with me. Um, but I think, I think that that and, or, um, the, the confidence and humility, like is your confidence really in your ability or in God's ability to use you? And 
like confidence is where it's placed. The humility is, is who's in what position. So I think those are the two that maybe stick out the most. Nice. All right. Well, hey, thank you again for being here. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, gentlemen, we'll see you again next week here on Drive Time.